Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, the New Age Rizzo, alongside my co-host, Walk With Geo, and we're live from an empty Manhattan center. And surprisingly, the ring is still here. Yeah, the ring's there. Uh, we're here. All the chairs are set up. Um, so is the neon entrance. Yeah. You know what I just realized? The Manhattan Center is not big enough to have had the, to have this sound effect. You're right. Um, but yeah, it's just another week. Just another week on the podcast with wrestling. I'd like to open this one um, first by turning up my volume. Oh, well, I think um, just our volume in our headphones is pretty low, so okay. that's why. And second of all, I'd like to apologize um, to Alvin Alpha for disappointing him. Because last week on the podcast, I said wrestling couples do not work out. Yeah, well, I have I have something to go against that. <clears throat> okay. So tell me the couples that he, he listed. All right, let me pull it up. Yeah. I, um, I also wanted to argue some of them. So anyways, last uh, last week, I said that wrestling couples don't um, they don't work out. Yeah. Um, Alvin Alpha, our friend, if you don't know, he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on a couple of times. He uh, tweeted at us couples that he believes uh do work out okay so the first one is naomi and jimmy uso um still pretty fresh oh uh, yeah can't, can't really say that it worked out i agree i i say if they retire and they're still together for a long time then it worked out yeah okay. after retirement um ms and maurice um they're just the it couple they, they are. That, I think that, that one, one works out. Yeah, I think that sure. one works out. He got no, us no, there. No. That's still early. I think no, no. It was. It isn't though because they've been a couple since like she debuted. Really? Yeah. I didn't follow her career that much. Oh well, you're the only one actually. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Pretty fresh. I I don't know. They have a kid together. Yeah, and I'd say they got it worked out. I guess if having a kid is, I mean. Uh, CM Punk and AJ. I, I guess that doesn't count anymore because nowadays That's people have kids with people they they don't ever want to marry. So yeah. maybe that's not that. That's I need to write that down. Have kids with someone I don't want to marry. Have kids with a friend. Yeah, I mean that's what that sounds that's what a lot lit. of people are doing. Um, um, but AJ Lee, CM Punk. That was AJ after Lee, wrestling, Punk. right? Um, they both. No, they were together during while they were while both they were with? both wrestling, and then oh, Punk dipped, that. and then. They got married, and then AJ dipped. AJ Styles? AJ Styles. All right, if AJ Lee would have had a storyline where she got with Joey Styles, we would have had AJ Styles in the WWE years ago. Yeah, we would have. Long time ago, we would have had AJ Styles. Um, And then the last one, I think, is not valid. Ambrose and Renee. One of them's not a wrestler. Yeah, one of them's not a wrestler, and it's still early. And it, and and the one that isn't a wrestler is actually Dean Ambrose. Whoa, one of them's Canadian. So um, yeah, I guess it does work out. Yeah, I guess. I I mean, I guess Alvin's right on all of them. Yeah, uh, I I think it was just we weren't. It was just a thought of mine out of nowhere, and I didn't really. I I was mostly thinking like you're thinking the '80s. I was thinking like all of you're, Edge's relationships, and then thinking DDP. all of CM Punk's relationships minus AJ Lee. And you were thinking. All of Ric Flair's relationships. Well, in period, like in general. Yeah, just because they, they don't work out. Because wrestlers save themselves for the ring. They're right. bad lovers. Right. Um, which brings me to my Shout next Nacho Libre. point. Nacho Libre is the greatest wrestling movie in all of Whoa. Hollywood. Would you not agree? But is it about wrestling, though? Um, I think it's about finding oneself. But it also has the wrestling uh, you know, backstory. I think you can argue the wrestler isn't really a wrestling movie, but it has wrestling as a foundation behind it. But it's still a wrestling movie. You think it's better than Ready to Rumble? Um, just barely. If Ready to Rumble had um a better soundtrack, <laughs> then Ready to Rumble would be number one. You know what's funny? I remember watching Ready to Rumble on at least like three or four occasions, but I cannot remember a single thing about it other than it's Dave Arquette and they end up wrestling. Yeah. Um, I used to watch ready to rumble as a kid a lot cause they would play it a lot on TNT. Yeah. Um, 
I used to watch it all the time, and I don't remember anything other than like cages that are stacked on each other, right? Or yeah. Hell in Cells, or whatever you want to call them. Um, and like Hulk Hogan living in a trailer park, I think. Uh that's the wrestler. <laughs> no, are you telling me the wrestler stole stole a a plot point from? Yeah, so Ready they were Rumble? driving through this like trailer park, and Hulk Hogan was there and was like, "Oh, just ride with us." Was I don't it, know. Maybe I, mean, I imagined all this. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, would he be living in the trailer park because he's washed or because that's just they wanted to make him even more American? No, I think they try to make him like badass because I could have sworn like he rode a uh, chopper. Mm. Something. I don't know. I might be like, I, I, feel like you're I might be like that. mixing things of different. We're going to have to do I a don't know. ready to rumble rewatch. Yeah. Might have to watch that. It's been years, dude. It's, it's been. I a haven't long time. watched it. Last time I watched Ready to Rumble, I think, like, it might have still been the Attitude Era. No, not probably. No, because Ready to Rumble came out like closer to the end of WCW. Are you saying that Ready to Rumble is the reason WCW went out of business? Listen, I'm not saying that Ready to Rumble may have tipped off a few. Uh, TNT execs a few Turner execs that they were going in the wrong direction with wrestling but um, the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice <laughs> um, <laughs> the best thing though to come out of Ready Rumble was years later Dave Arquette getting into the ring uh, and I still want to see him wrestle live yeah, and I think King of the Death Match I mean we live in yeah you're right we live in a place I think is pretty accessible to be seeing him because he's, I would assume, L.A.-based because he's a celebrity and he just shows up to a lot of SoCal wrestling shows. Hmm. I think we should see David Arquette soon. Yeah, I I agree. I'd like to see David Former Arquette wrestling. WCW world champion. We're in the same building as him once upon a time. Yeah, that building no longer matters, though. Yeah. Um. Wow. So we we began with a building that didn't matter the Manhattan Center and we it had led us to a building that also doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> the underground temple oh man <laughs> um all right so what, what what do we have to talk about um man did you be, watch fighter uh, fest <laughs> now I enjoy spending my time productively not really um no I did not watch fighter fest I was planning on watching a couple matches but I think at the end of it I, I just kind of thought None of them seem entertaining to me. Like card wise, like yeah, just yeah, yeah. looking at the names and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm gonna watch AEW till they have a show. Um, I think that's fair. I I think I'd watch I don't know, I think I'll watch like all out. Isn't that the last show they did? No, that was all that was all in. No, that was double or nothing. So they went all in and then they went double or nothing and now they're cashing all out. Mm. In August? I guess. Or maybe September. I don't know. No, I'm probably not gonna watch all out. Um yeah. The really only thing I could I, I think we should talk about with Fighter Fest is like the chair shot. Yeah. Um, the the chair shot spoken about all around the world right. wasn't heard. It wasn't heard because nobody watched. Yeah. No, who cares about AEW? Just kidding. Um, so Cody took. How a, many, hold on, hold on. Okay. First question: How many people that went to Firefest went to Fighter Fest? Do you think? Um, I just Jaw Rule. <laughs> he was at Fighter Fest. Jaw Rule. No, <laughs> no, but. I, it would have been good if they would have got him. And be like, put your hands in the air. <laughs> or what's that one video they put? Uh, I don't know. Like where he's like uh, yeah, trying no, to hype him like, the crowd yeah, and the yeah, crowd's yeah. just dead. And he's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been him if he showed oh, up to man. a fighter fest. Yeah. That's Flo Rida every WrestleMania. Yeah. He's performed at. Right. Even though Flo Rida is a legend. In the wrestling community? In general, oh. actually. In Florida, maybe. In Florida. Yeah, maybe. Who 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 gets recognized more walking around Florida? Flo Rida or MVP? 
Uh, MVP. I think there might also be those. Hey, are you MVP? No, I'm Flowrider. Oh. Okay. <laughs> hey, are you Flowrider? No, I'm MVP. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All yeah. right. So back to Fighter Fest. Right. Um, after Cody's match, uh, I don't even know what his name is now, but Ty Dillinger. It's John Moxley. No, it was not oh. John Moxley. <laughs> uh, Ty Dillinger, whatever his new name is, I think it's terrible, came out. Uh, terrorizing. Gave, terrorizing. <laughs> terrorizing came out uh, <laughs> and hit Cody Rhodes in the head with an unprotected uh, chair shot. Well, he hit him with a chair. Cody Rhodes did not protect himself. Took the whole chair. Uh, a lot of people were talking about it. Even people who really like what where AEW is going so far were critical about that. Um, yeah. Because why wouldn't you be? I think we're at a point right now where WWE kind of... I, I think for a long time we were desensitized to unprotected hair shot, chair shots. Yeah. To the point where when Vince McMahon takes an unprotected chair shot, we're like, oh yeah fucking 60 year old taking a chair shot straight to the head yeah of course um but i think now we're at such a different place in in wrestling and um that watching something like that is like ugh, yeah that's real bad. i think even watching like a botched move where somebody lands on their head a little bit wrong or you know or even like right. a turnbuckle to the face is kind of like ooh, yikes yeah um I mean, if you think about it, it's not even just wrestling. I think a lot of sports are being very cautious of head injuries and um, the whole uh, concussion stuff, the CTE. Right. Um, You even look at a sport like football that kind of the look, like a lot of people looking at it from a fan standpoint, looking at football, a lot of them have said that the sport has gone soft. Right. And that's it's kind of like ruining the sport. It's not as fun because hits aren't being made as often, but I think just like wrestling and just like any other sport, you got to realize that these are real people. Yeah. And they're putting their health and their life on the line to entertain us, the fans. Right. And I think it's just a bad decision by Cody to have, done that spot yeah yeah and um yeah i agree i i mean i don't i don't see the reason i I guess i don't understand why it had to go unprotected like i think you can still do chair shots to the head safely believe it or not i mean you just put your hands up last minute and it's something we see with everything really and it doesn't the chair making contact with your head directly does not make it any better than if he were to put his hands up and take the bump. Right. As it's like still a, a chair shot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like we still look at it as, damn, that dude got hit with a chair. Yeah, I mean, if you look at any Steve Austin rock matches, I think most of them would involve a chair. The rock would never take one to the head. <laughs> like, unless it was the one where he bounced it off the rope, but that was his own yeah. power. Yeah, exactly. When Steve Austin would hit someone with a chair, he would never hit them on the head, but you look back at those matches and you're like, damn, they were wild with that yeah. chair shot. Yeah. Um, so I agree. It didn't add anything other than like, Ooh. Um, and then they just kind of made it worse where after they came out and said, well, this is a gimmick chair. He, it was a gimmick. Um, yeah. and, and my big problem with that, with that is like, I, I guess my interpretation interpretation might be that they did the unprotected chair shot to try to legitimize their product and then directly illegitimize it by going and having your two top tag team talent who are also execs say, Oh, it was fake. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if after Rob and Superman came on a press conference and was like, Oh yeah, Braun and, and, and Bobby Lashley, they're fine. It was gimmicked. Yeah. The stage was gimmicked. Like, we know that. Yeah. But saying it or hearing someone of importance say it, it, like, takes it down. Yeah. And or like, even, I think they shouldn't have even addressed it. I don't like the whole press conference after an event that yeah. isn't, 
it isn't a work altogether. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I would yeah, imagine yeah. when Japan does it, it's a work. Yeah, yeah. When Japan does it and, and the few times WWE was trying to do it when the network was fresh. Yeah. It was all kind of a work to further the characters. Yeah, to further storylines, characters, and all that. And with, with, with AEW, they have real reporters, right? Because I think when they did... um. Um, what was the last one they did? All in, yeah, no, double no, or nothing. Double or nothing. When they did double or nothing, Mark Henry was there for his podcast or right. his Sirius XM show. Yeah, so that makes me feel like those are real reporters asking real questions, and now the talent or the execs, whoever it is, has to both in this case. They have to give an answer thing. to something that's a legit question. Like they can't. They can't work a reporter. Right. Really? Like, you you can't really work when you don't know what the question is going to be. You'd have to be really good right, at or, your job to work on a shoot question. You get right. what I'm saying? And I think, even, I think you could go ahead and work, but at that point, then everything has to be at work. You got to get rid yeah. of uh, being the elite because uh-huh. that's a shoot. You got to get rid of that if you're going to work the reporters. Yeah. You got to get rid of your Twitters yeah. because they do not work on Twitter. They shoot on Twitter. Yeah. Um, It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I guess I would have had less problems with it if, like, someone who wasn't a wrestler came out and said, oh, no, he, Cody's fine. It was gimmicked. Yeah. Like, if. Not even say it's If gimmicked. Tony Khan just say, just said say that. Just say that he's fine. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if he's not fine. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, you're right. Like protect the business, yeah. Um, and even now, where like we know, even not to cut you off, but another thing that bothered me was the young bucks. Kind of, they kind of didn't even know what was going on. They were like, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't." When I watched it, I only watched it once, so I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's how it went or if I'm like, right. I didn't even see it. But when they asked about the chair shot, they're like, wait, what happened? It's a gimmick chair and then all this stuff. And then they said it was Cody's idea. So I think them like kind of throwing Cody under the bus for an unprotected chair shot. Um, Like that's not a right thing to do. Yeah. I think it shows that they're not on, all on the same yeah. page here. If you're you're an executive or whatever they are Kenny Omega Cody Rhodes even if that was just one person's decision you guys they all together have to take the the L for that right yeah because that's a decision that's supposed to made be made within everyone like everybody's supposed to be part of that decision making right right yeah so i think it shows a lot about what's going on backstage that the Young Bucks were kind of saying they didn't know what was going on and that it was just Cody's decision. Right, yeah. Because that either means there's not enough uh, communication between all of them or Cody kind of went into business for himself to right. make his part of the show better or whatever yeah, yeah, he yeah, thought yeah. that was going to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I... I Obviously, it's all speculation what I'm about to say, but I I just feel like there's this disconnect between Cody Rhodes and the Bucks and Kenny. Yeah. Like, they're just such different people, like, in real life, behind the scenes, that it's hard for me to believe that when it comes to business, they're going to be on the same page about yeah. anything, really. Yeah, it, it almost kind of feels like Cody kind of used them. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I think Cody Rhodes joining the Bullet Club was the biggest finesse. Yeah, of I mean, I war, I don't remember wrestling. if it was Tamatanga exactly that tweeted it or somebody tweeted it, someone different. I feel like it was Tamatanga, but don't take my word for it. It said, "Join the Bullet Club will make you famous." Right. Yeah, I think I think that was him. I mean, you could argue that Cody Rhodes was famous. Like, yeah, Cody Rhodes was famous before joining the Bullet Club. But I think him joining the Bullet Club put him in the position he's at now to where he was able. He single-handedly leaving the WWE, I don't think he would have been able to start this promotion. I agree. 
him joining the Bullet Club and gaining the trust of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and whoever else was part of the Elite. Hangman Page. Yeah. Hangman Page. I mean, we say it every time, like, uh, Marty Scroll got the, like, yeah, he got the shortest end of the stick, like, for real, like, he, he's, he, he's someone that I feel like should have gotten that, um, praise that Cody got. I agree. Joining the Bullet Club. But since Cody had the bigger name and that, like, Cody took more advantage of that whole situation and then ran with it. And then Marty scroll just kind of got left in the dark. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think Marty scroll went joining the bullet club. He should have been, he should have been the Kenny Omega in the sense that Kenny Omega was not a household name until he joined the bullet club. Yeah. I don't think anybody could argue that. Yeah. It's just the truth. Uh Like, yeah, he was a great name and he was a big star in Japan still. But until he joined the Bullet Club, and even further than that, before he became the leader, he yeah. was not a household name. Nobody really knew. Like, I, I think the the mainstream fans didn't really know. Yeah. And now even, I think, guys that only watch WWE probably know who Kenny Omega was. I think Marty Scroll had that under him when he joined, but Cody Rhodes joining from out of nowhere and then taking all the guys that Marty Scroll really associated with, which was the Bucks and Kenny, really, like, shit on Marty. Yeah. He's still doing great things in ROH right now. Yeah. But, I mean, Homeboy really took the L there. Yeah. <laughs> he was handed it, actually. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Um. That's about it for Fighter Fest, I think, because I didn't watch it. I didn't really read anything about it either. Yeah. Um Yeah, I didn't I didn't see much about it either other than that chair shot. Um So yeah. What what do we move on to next? Um the greatest pro wrestling in the world right now. Well, actually we could talk about this because we could we couldn't talk about it last week because it was announced after we recorded the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you probably know by now, everybody probably knows by now, Paul Heyman oh, yeah. has been named the executive director of Raw. Yeah. And Eric Bischoff has been named the executive director of SmackDown. Yeah, it's the 90s again. Um, It's the 90s again in the entire United States right now. And in, in the whole universe. I mean, it we we've slowly built to this point. If you think about it. Yeah. We have like Detective Pikachu. Pokemon Go and Pokemon all that. Pokemon is a huge 90s franchise. Yeah, thing. that's yeah. back again. Um, Toy Story is in theaters. Toy Story. Child's Play is in theaters. Child's Play is in theaters. Wrestling will be on TNT. Rest- yeah, wrestling will be on TNT. Um, we have the... Former WCW. Um, what was Eric Bischoff? He he was uh, he was a VP. Was he also? All right, so he's VP and on screen manager. So and then we have the um, creator of ECW. Yeah, yeah. Coming back Man. into the wrestling business, it's not like he left, but right. he's he's in a more direct role. role. Yeah. yeah, so could be interesting um man um yeah i (laughs) when i first read the news i was like holy shit but in the back of my mind i was like this cannot like are they on screen are they off screen is this real is this like just a gimmick one interesting thing is um i remember reading this article from it was an Eric Bischoff interview, I believe. Uh-huh. They asked if he'd ever get involved again with uh, wrestling or WWE, and his response was kind of like, "If he did, he wouldn't want to be like an on-screen manager because that's so like overdone." Right. I mean, been there, done that. Yeah. So, I think assuming that he said that, or him saying that. 
I'd assume that that's not at all what it is. That it's not just an on-screen character that he's going to be like a director of um, SmackDown. Right. That it that it that he is really taking on the role of director of SmackDown. Yeah. Um, With mean, that being said, though, um, Vince McMahon is still um, in charge yeah. of what goes on. Right. I mean, he's still... It has to all go everything. through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I think that also has to make you think like are things really going to change a lot or um yeah i think history repeats itself okay so i i feel like i feel like they were in the spot that they were for a long time back in the day where they're wwe okay where wrestling was great because I, I will always be a believer that WWE's wrestling is always pretty good. Okay. Um, but the stories are lacking. So okay. I feel like they're back in that position. And they're uh, it's almost like pre-Attitude Era. And I think they're trying to find a way to get to the Attitude Era. Not directly. Like, they're not going to start cussing on TV. Yeah. And like, they're not remaking just, the Attitude Era. But right. getting to that point level where the stories are good. Yeah, and, and then, and then get, like the ratings and right, stuff right. too. So I think they're trying to leap. I mean, who better to get involved than two guys that were at your throat during the 90s? Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Not only that, I think when it comes to wrestling and like writing stories for it, I think Bischoff and... Heyman are geniuses. Yeah. And I think they haven't had enough time in the business in those roles to be in the same position where Vince is that Vince kind of bit has been in it so long and so consistent that that's why a lot of people think he's washed. Right. It's like he's done everything that he could possibly think of. Right. And it, when you take someone like Heyman and someone like Bischoff, that their runs weren't as long as as Vince's, there's still fresh ideas in, in those minds, and they've taken time off. So when they come back to it, it's like a fresh start. I think that's something that Vince hasn't had. He hasn't had time off to, you know, get a refresh yeah. On his creative side. To kind of catch up with the times. Yeah. Because when you're constantly moving. Yeah. It's hard to like oversee everything and mm-hmm. realize, okay, this is changing. This is changing. This is changing. Let yeah. me do this too. Or even like we've done that already. Like you don't yeah, have yeah, time yeah. to think like we've done that. Right. 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 So I think with people like having someone like Bischoff and Heyman. It could be a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, reports are saying that Heyman was in Gorilla next to Vince the entirety of Raw. Um, but they ne- nobody really said whether he had an impact on Raw or not. Um, and I'm going to get back to that in a second. And they said that uh, Bischoff is not starting until after Extreme Rules, which I think it makes sense. Get all these stories finished up before you bring in another creative. Yeah. Because it's just going to be a mess. Um, Not only that, like what you're saying right now, Bischoff has no involvement at all right now. Right, yeah. In this time. Right. Heyman has, Heyman has been backstage, and I've heard um, through podcasts and stuff, like how much involvement he has with the superstars or even creative, like just talking to talent and kind of them asking him questions on like, Oh, what do you think I should do here? What do you think? And he'd give the knowledge that he does have. So I think that's, I think Heyman has already had involvement um, backstage. Just now he's getting, now it's being official. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, And then going back now to Heyman, they were talking about him 
I do not think I'm pretty sure he hasn't been involved yet. Yeah. As far as like officially taking over the role. Uh-huh. Because other than the opening of Raw, I do not feel like anything else about Raw was different than the last few weeks. Okay. Um, I think the wrestling was pretty much up to par with what we've had the last few weeks. Uh-huh. I think the, the the stories have been, you know, pretty much the same. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like there was any difference, any change. Raw didn't go dark. Raw did not hour? go dark third hour. <laughs> Interesting. Raw did not go dark third hour. Um, but I thought Raw was was good though. I'm not saying that Raw yeah. was trash. Just like the past month. Um, I think it was still good, and I'm not saying like if maybe he did have involvement. Um, I'm sure it's just gonna be a slow burn. Yeah, for it to really feel like stuff is changing, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with this Raw, I think there was a lot of people on Twitter that had in their mind Heyman's the Raw creative director or whatever. And because yeah. of that, they were biased and thought to themselves, this Raw is so great. It's so different. It's yeah. Heyman's changed everything. Thank you, Heyman. But I genuinely don't believe that anything other than the opening was really different. I will say two things that did stand out about this week on Raw was the opening, of course, and Mike and Maria Kanellis segment after their match with Becky Lynch and well during the or match or even even before before the match when they were backstage um i feel like that segment was a little like edgy for for the times we're at right now um i think they're definitely turning up the knob of what they can do with PG rating and what they can't. I mean, they yeah. open this. Let's talk about the opening. Braun fucking spearing Bobby Lashley through the yeah. Titan Tron. That match. And, all right. So this is like their first like match. They've actually kind of match, had, right? First match, like, match. Yeah. Because yeah, they had a arm wrestling match. Arm wrestling and a tug of war. Yeah. And then we get this match where it looked like it was going to be a good match. I mean, they start off and Braun is doing like rolls in the ring he's like rolling around in the ring <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. he does a senton on the outside um they get towards the stage area and uh Braun just spears oh they kind of run around the crowd for a while and then they get to stage area and then Braun spears bobby lashley through the um what is that thing called titan led boards led boards know. at the titan tron thing no Titantron's just the one from the just, Attitude Era, huh? Yeah, it feels weird to call the new setup a Titantron, even though it is. Like, the big screen is a Titantron. Yeah. But it just feels weird to call it that. Yeah, Entering so... Entering the Titantron. Yeah, that, that was a sick-ass toy we had. Yeah. Um, Imagine they make, like, a modern-day one of those, and it plays the actual videos. Oh, man, that would be That'd tight. Be cool. That would be um, really cool. So, yeah, so he gets speared through that, and it was just done perfectly yeah. because right when they go through the LED board is when pyrotechnics go off, and um, it's supposed to be explosions from, like, all the electrical stuff that's going on there. Right. Um, But not only that was done well, the reaction from commentary was, like, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, Like, they sold it. As I mean, Corey Graves said holy yeah. shit on television. Yeah, Corey Graves said holy shit and then ran over. I don't think he ran over there, but he went over <laughs> to. He made it somehow. Over yeah, there. he somehow <laughs> made it over to the destruction to like check. Right. Which I like because when he came back, he was able to give further information. Right. And the whole thing was. um Braun Strowman's legs hadn't moved the whole time. Right. And, and that's good information to have. Not only have, but like if you go back and watch it and then you see him there, you'll be yeah. like, oh, that's how he knows. That's good. Yeah. Um, not only that, it ties into the injury being reported as a pelvis. Uh, right. Dislocated pelvis. Yeah. Which a lot of people are saying 
Braun's gonna take time off. They're also it's saying a... homeboy's spleen was ruptured. So yeah, that was WWE's reporting both of those things. Which I feel like no, 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 no. So that was the first. That was the um. The rumor that okay. Renee had given, okay. but on Twitter, WWE officially had. They said that Bobby Lashley was released from right, yeah, medical whatever, and then they reported that. Braun Strowman had a uh, dislocated pelvis. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I think everything about that was really good. The yeah. people on Twitter will shit on WWE's camera work forever, and I absolutely, absolutely agree. I think the movement is overdone, but I think for something like this, to have the cameraman like really shaking around, I think makes sense. Yeah, and because because the loud noises and stuff because like, loud noises you and i mean and, your job is to get the shot but when shit's like that's happening you're like do i get the shot or not do like, i get the do, shot or do i risk myself getting electrocuted to get this shot right so each time he gets close he kind of backs up every time that there's an explosion right so i that, think it's really the, good the, that cameraman went in yeah um he did, he did the job <laughs> he had the moves on the on yeah. people who recorded from behind too <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because um, somebody <laughs> had a behind-the-shot scene from from the, the crowd, crowd, and homeboy was. You don't think that shuffle. that's how he's moving, right? You kind of just assume the camera's moving, and yeah. that's it. But he was moving it like yeah, his yeah, whole yeah. body. That's he was really good. committing to it. Yeah, that's good camera work right um, there. That's it, professional. Yeah, and I think even the then cut away to the sta- to the standard camera, like in the corner that we oh, don't yeah, ever yeah, get yeah, shots yeah. from. I think that was really good as well. Yeah. And staying on that for yeah. that long. And just really quiet. Good. Just quiet yeah. for a while. Yeah. I think um, it was I think it was really good. Yeah. And that's just another um example of how good WWE's production is compared to any other promotion. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like the nobody's on that level. Right. Um Yeah, and then other than that, you know, it was a good raw, I think. It's good wrestling wise. Um, Street profits were there. Street profits were there. For what reason? I don't know, but I'm happy that they were. Um, yeah. Uh, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier because we're watching NXT. Um, it feels like the street profits are moving fast. Yeah, they're moving real fast. Um, because they just won the titles. No, it feels like they kind of just got to NXT Uh, to me. I think that's a long shot. Um, but they really just hit the mark with the titles and then they just show up on raw. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I liked it though. I liked what they had like three segments, I believe two or three. Yeah. I liked I every one of them. I especially like the one with Heyman. Though. <laughs> yeah. That was good. <laughs> it was just all really good. Um, anything that's, I, I'd like to hope it's just to kind of get eyes on NXT. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I think it would I think it benefits both Raw or main roster and NXT because with previous call-ups, you, people kind of get there and for the casual watchers, they have no idea who these people are. Right. And that kind of leaves you to usually debut um NXT superstars when they get called up. It leaves you to debut them at one of the big shows where you know that it's not just casual watchers. You get a lot of those NXT fans there. Right. And you kind of rely on that big pop from that to get the other casual fans to be like, oh, people popped for them. That means I should like them or pay more attention to them. Yeah. But with this, I think having Street Profits uh, on Raw gets the casual fans to kind of question like, all right, who are these people? Let me go. Or then commentary or um, whoever's backstage interviewing saying like NXT champions, or they don't even have to say it. They see the titles around the waist. Then they could go look at their work on NXT, get familiar with that product. So when they do get called up, they don't have to get called up on one of the big shows. They get called up on a regular raw or something. Right, yeah, yeah, and then they have that, um, like people know who they are already. Yeah, and you don't spend 
weeks renaming them like you did Viking Raiders in hopes that they'll get a pop finally. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Uh, So I'm hoping that's all that's about. Um, Yeah. Anything else that stood out on Raw? Um, AJ Styles and Ricochet. Right. I almost forgot about that. I almost forgot about that. Um, I actually didn't watch the match, so you're going to have to like... The match was good. Tell me what the outcome was. match was good. Ricochet wins it. Um, and then he kind of stands in the ring with AJ while the club's kind of on the, on the apron, kind of like teasing that they're about to attack AJ and AJ, I mean, attack Ricochet and AJ is kind of almost teasing like that. He's trying to hold them back before he slaps him across the face. They jump him and then AJ hits from the second rope, a styles clash. Whoa. And then they just close the show with the club standing over Ricochet. Nice. Um, so is this was, assumption that AJ Styles is a heel now? Yes. Nice. Um, I think it was really well done. I like the line that they closed with was because they just got back from Japan. Uh, that these guys had the line was basically these guys came back from Japan and remembered who they are. I that's, think that was really good. That's dope. Um, because we've seen the club kind of be underused lately yeah we've seen aj i feel like since losing the world title he's also been kind of underused i don't think underused for aj but kind of misused kind of having him jump around from like mid card title picture to back in the main title picture a little bit and then back into the mid card title picture like he's just kind of jumping around all over the place. Yeah. Um, instead of like, I think AJ could have really great storylines and matches without having to bounce him around as much. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I think that was really well done, and I like that they did it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I like that they did it week two of them being together again. Yeah. Instead of. Instead of waiting. Th- Till Instead of what I feel like they did the first time, which is where AJ has his first match with John Cena as a babyface, and then he turns, has a second match as a heel. Yeah. Or instead of waiting till the club doesn't even want to be WWE anymore. Right. He's asking sure. for the release. Sure. That's true. Um. So, yeah. I didn't watch SmackDown. So. Uh, SmackDown was. This is your portion of the podcast. Right. SmackDown was a lot more lust- lackluster. So uh-huh. I won't talk about it too much. Um, I mean, I don't really think there's even anything to I talk heard, about. I um, heard Kevin Owens and Dolph had a good little... The way yeah. that... I think Kevin Owens definitely benefited from what they had him do on on SmackDown. So he opens uh, the show with the Kevin Owens show. Mm-hmm. Um, he has Shane and, and, and McIntyre, and that's just terrible. Uh, but then Dolph comes out, and before Dolph can even get a word out, Kevin just kind of goes on this crazy rant about basically making fun of what Dolph's been saying for the past few weeks, which is like, oh, it should have been me. It should have been me. It should have been me. But it kind of was me for a minute, and then it wasn't. And then, like, yeah. so Kevin Owens says all that, and is like, it, nobody cares. Nobody actually wants to see you or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Dolph uses the line that I think really has been overdone with Kevin Owens, which is, like, making fun of his weight. Yeah. Oh, you would win a hot dog winning contest or eating contest. Yeah. And then Owens comes back. Well, yeah, well, if I was in a hot dog eating contest, I would win. That says a lot more than what you can do. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really good. Um, he basically says that, you know, he does, he's not deserving of a world title, you know, shot that he, Owens is. And he kind of asks Shane, like, who gets the title shot? And Shane's like, <laughs> what? Y'all think y'all get a title shot? Yeah. Y'all, y'all can have a tag team match later. Um, and I like where they went from that because then Kevin, I think it shows a lot about Kevin's character where he's backstage with Dolph and he's like, okay, maybe we could do this. Who knows? Maybe you are good. So let's, let's go out there and let's yeah. win a match. He basically tore him down in the beginning of the show. Right. Then builds him up so that he'll get motivated and they could win their tag team match. Right. They lose. They lose. Right. Proving Owens right in the beginning. Yeah. And then Owens just goes off. Yeah, and destroys him yeah. because of him being right from the beginning. Right. 
Um, I thought dope. that was really good. I think that was the most meaningful thing on SmackDown is Kevin Owens' involvement. And yeah, other than that, um, there really wasn't much that mattered. Kofi Kingston flipped off Samoa Joe. Oh yeah, during I saw that, that promo. <laughs> but it was like a weird like, like the like when a kid learns how to flip people off, but he doesn't know it's bad, and he's just like waving it around. That's what it looked like. Interesting. Um, maybe he just did learn how to flip. Maybe, off. maybe he's just that nice of a guy that he's yeah never flipped anyone off. Yeah, maybe power of positivity, power of positive POP holding it down. Yeah, that's about it for SmackDown. Everything else was there's a lot of matches going on. I was surprised at how many matches there were, uh, but none of them really stood out to me. Yeah. Well, I mean. Are we done with this podcast? Is that it? I mean, yeah, that's all for Raw and SmackDown. What was the best match of the week, you think? Best match any, anything, of the week. Uh, any, from anywhere. From anywhere. It could have um, been a match you saw happen in the middle of Walmart this week. <laughs> well, it was actually in, in a CVS. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it with a, was it a, a receipt on, on a pole match? Yeah, but they didn't have a big the, enough pole. So it was yeah. really easy for them to get oh, down. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. They actually <laughs> used the receipt as a ladder, right? It so yeah, tall. it was actually a, you know, a Texas bull rope match, but with the receipt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh man, uh, best match of the week. Oh man, that's hard because I think. I don't know. I really think a lot of the matches on Raw were really good. I'm trying to think. Someone had a tag team match that I really liked. Can't remember. I don't know. Maybe from last week, Io Shirai and uh, Shayna Baszler. Okay. <laughs> or I really did actually like uh, Garza Jr. versus Loki. <laughs> 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 Whoever his opponent was. Oh, I don't man. know who he was. I really enjoyed that as well. Um, yeah, one of those two. All right, what about what about week. this? What about this? Superstar okay. of the week. Let's okay. bring that back. All right, let's bring that back. I think superstar of the week. Um, I think it goes to Owens. I think okay. they did a lot with his character in the span of two hours. He was really a main focal point on SmackDown. And I think they're they're doing a lot with his character because I read this thread on Twitter about him and Sami Zayn. I don't know if you read that one. Um, was it? It was about how Sami Zayn's like losing it, like yeah. losing his marbles. Um, I thought that I didn't was read really, it, but I seen it. Yeah, I I I read it, and it it's it really gets you thinking, and I think that also adds to Owen's story a little bit too and his character. Um, so I'd say uh Kevin Owens gets Superstar of the Week. For the males, and I think the women, I think I think Becky holds that. She's still got the biggest pop. Yeah. You know what, actually? I'll give it to Maria yeah. Canellis because Maria Canellis was really good on her promo work. She really convinced me that, she, that like, she's really good on the mic. I don't know. And, it's, yeah. and I'm not talking about her husband. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, it, and it disappoints me that she's pregnant as fuck now, and we're not gonna be seeing her because she's pregnant. Um, yeah, yeah I'm gonna Marie I'm Canales. gonna give my female or woman superstar of the week to Maria Canellis, especially because when she said she was pregnant, I wasn't sure if it was a worker shoot, right? And I like when that that feeling comes to me, like when I'm not sure if something's real or not. That's how you know it's good. She also gets it just for finessing the WWE and re-signing and then saying, and then telling them that yeah. she's pregnant. <laughs> so that means she's just getting money just to be hanging out. Yeah. Backstage. Just to be probably. pregnant. Or I mean they could still do that. I mean, it kind of seemed like they were going into storyline. Yeah. I yeah, I this. think they could still do something like yeah. that. Yeah. So who knows? Um, and then male superstar. Oh man, this is tough. Cause I I I didn't see anything that stood out this week from anyone. Um, and the worst part is that I didn't see SmackDown. So 
I'm going to give it to The Undertaker. Wow. Just because I think his... Was that this week? The Undertaker? Yeah, that was this yeah week. I think his promo was pretty solid. Roman Reigns didn't ask for my help because I am the stealer of wayward souls. Yeah. No, that was not good. It was pretty good. An Undertaker promo is only good the first time you listen to it, and then if you re-listen to it, you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's, that's what why he said. I haven't that's all he to said." <laughs> I I also didn't like how he like flipped his his like catchphrase where he was like, "You will not rest in peace," but it still works because it's like, "Oh, yeah. he's gonna kill them, but it's not gonna be good for them." Yeah, yeah, it's like when they say, <laughs> "If you die with your eyes open, you deserved it." Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. gonna happen to Shane. Yeah. Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so Undertaker gets it this week. Wow. That's only because Roman Reigns didn't really do anything, did he? No, week? he wasn't yeah. really around so, this week. I mean, Roman's just my superstar of of, of the century. My life. <laughs> Make so, Roman look strong. Yeah. He's been my favorite wrestler since, uh, since I was born. Oh, he wow. Really? He, he didn't even wrestle. So you just knew. Yeah. One day, The Rock will have a cousin. <laughs> he will be the yeah, best wrestler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So that's the end of this podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Um, and if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can hear us every week talk about wrestling um, and nonsense that we have no idea what we're talking about. And um, you can also follow me on Twitter at New Age Rizzo and my co-host here. At Walk with Geo on Twitter. Um, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well. At For an Object WP. And if we made any mistakes in this, like wrestling couples never working out or something of that like, and you'd like to tell us that we're wrong, you can tweet us that. And we might mention it next week. Who knows? Yeah. Peace out from the Manhattan Center. <laughs> um. You think the Young Bucks will ever wrestle here? Brother, they can't sell this small arena out. Damn.